Welcome to The Sendcast. My name is Dale Pickles and I am the host of The Sendcast. We started this podcast a few years ago as there is a lack of CPD around SEND. All staff in schools need training and support around SEND, but this isn't possible with the funding available. The Sendcast is our way to try and help solve that problem to help all teachers be teachers of SEND and to help support staff be more aware of SEND. The Sendcast is also a great way to get the same consistent message to schools and parents. Every week on the Sendcast, we have a guest on to talk about something they are passionate about. This week, we are talking about how laughter and playfulness can be used to help reduce anxiety. I'll be discussing this with my guest, Katie White. Katie is an embodied wellness practitioner and specializes in laughter and playfulness. Before we get started, let's talk about us here at B-Squared. The Sendcast is created and produced by us here at B-Squared and over the last 25 years, B-Squared have supported schools to support students with SEND. We help schools to show the small steps of progress pupils with SEND make. And over the last few years, we have started to deliver high quality, easy to access training and CPD for schools around SEND. We launched Training for Education three years ago with a virtual SEND conference. We now have an amazing lineup of speakers who deliver sessions at our conferences, or they have developed their own training courses. You can find out more about our conferences and training courses and who delivers them by going to the Training for Education website, which is www.trainingforeducation.com. At the end of the episode, I will be sharing an exclusive Sendcast discount code, so keep listening. Let's get on with the podcast. In this week's show, we're discussing how laughter and playfulness can be used to help reduce anxiety. My guest this week is Katie White. Katie is an embodied wellness practitioner and founder of The Best Medicine. Katie specializes in laughter and playfulness, teaching interactive games, practical strategies, and mindfulness-based tools that help reduce stress and anxiety. Welcome to the show, Katie. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. Great to have you on. So lots of us experience anxiety, and we experience it in different ways, have different levels of coping with anxiety. And I know from my past how much Schadenfreude I think that's how you pronounce it, has helped me escape my worries thanks to YouTube compilations. For those who have no idea what Schadenfreude is, it's the pleasure in observing others' misfortunes. I think you've been framed all those sorts of videos where it's, to me, it's a very basic, low level, not, no brain needed, very simple thing, which makes me laugh. It's a bit of distraction, isn't it? Escapism. Oh, it is. It so is. <laughs> So you don't have to worry about your life. <laughs> I literally, it is. It is. I, I, it was like Friday night and I would just escape to YouTube and just, I had a number of compilations which were out every week and I literally had an hour or two's worth of content, which was so much more interesting than trying to find something to watch on a Friday night when my mind wasn't really engaging with anything, which meant I was just still worrying, just watching people fall over, watching people <laughs> slip, whatever or try and do something really cool and fail or something. It just, you couldn't ignore it. And there is a very, there's a couple of very comical ones, which I've even seen in films. And one of them was someone who decided to streak onto a tennis court. <laughs> it wasn't even like a big, it wasn't um, even a big match or anything. It was like, I think it was like somewhere in Spain or America somewhere where it's nighttime. Some people are playing tennis on this lit court. And this person obviously strips off, his friend's filming him, he comes running towards the uh, thing. But what he doesn't realise is between him and the tennis court is a glass wall. And he runs full speed into this glass wall and then falls over. (laughs) And obviously the people playing tennis are very shocked because there's just a naked man lying on the ground. And then he just gets up and runs off. And the whole time you've got the cameraman just laughing. So. You cannot not watch that. And I wonder how many hits that video will now get as people just go, I've not seen that one. But it is just, it just, it's escapism. It just gets me out of wherever I am mentally to somewhere else. And I just find the laughter and all that lot does really engross me. Yeah. You can't only half watch something like that. Yeah. 
laughter is such a brilliant release. It allows us to kind of release any pent up kind of emotions or feelings. We can just let it go as we laugh. It's a brilliant way. It's quite cathartic, isn't it? It's just like, let's get it out, let it go. Yes. And it has, it's quite similar to crying in that way because at the end of your week, you could just have a big cry. <laughs> but instead, you're like, okay, I need to laugh. I need to just release some of this tension. I think one or the other. And I think I chose laughter rather <laughs> yeah. than m- turning into a male version of Bridget Jones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's brilliant. So, I mean, I have a brilliant job. For the last six or seven years, I've traveled up and down the country talking about the benefits of laughter, playfulness and how we can kind of bring more laughter into our everyday in order to respond differently to the challenges that we're faced with. And yeah, it's such an innate, natural thing, laughter, but we don't often necessarily pair it up with something like a wellbeing strategy. We don't pair it up with something that might, you know, be something that we can call upon as a strategy or or as a technique. And this is why it's it works so well when we're supporting children because children laugh so much. They're 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 in their bodies. They're playing. They're you know they're so fully kind of in the moment and engaged in that way. And then when they're feeling anxious, you know, because their natural default is to play and to laugh. If we can encourage more of that and use it as a strategy, then we're really we can really help to support them, you know, when they are managing, uh, struggling with difficulties and feeling anxious about certain things. So it's such a great tool for both adults and children. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. It is odd because you, you sit there going, right, so it's a human, is it a human feeling? It's a human expression. It's something we all do. But the idea you spend your life teaching people how to use laughter, it sounds bonkers that you are teaching people <laughs> It's almost like I'm a crying coach Is would be the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. I'm teaching people how to cry. It's sort of like, I know how to cry. It's, I, but it is, I know how to laugh. I can go watch a video. But I think, like I do it, I use it at the end of the week as a coping mechanism. But I suppose what you're saying is it's more than that. You can use it in different ways and you don't have to wait till the end of the week it can be used at various times. Yeah. So my my route into to this, well, I was fascinated with laughter yoga. And so I went and trained with a, a laughter yoga specialist and set up a little club in my local town. So I'm down in Falmouth in Cornwall. And I was I saying... Just say I, I love Falmouth. Oh, Sorry, I beautiful, love Falmouth. Beautiful town. And I was saying to the people that were turning up, you know, try, try this out in your everyday life. You know, try laughing at moments where you can't control, you know, you can't control the situation, like you're stuck in traffic or running late or you dropped your cereal or whatever it is, you know, try instead of getting angry or upset or frustrated, try laughing. And so, you know, we, as a group, we kind of, we all sort of egged each other on to, you know, give it a go. And then we'd come back the next month and go, oh yeah, and I laughed at this situation. And, and so I was like, you know, teaching it like, like this. And it was quite, it's quite an absurd um, thing to practice. And then, so I, I have always been quite anxious and suffer from panic attacks myself. And it's always been with the panic attacks, it's always been when I'm driving. And so I was driving home for Christmas one year and I felt this panic attack coming on. I was overtaking a lorry on the dual carriageway and I started laughing because I'd been practicing and building up this strategy. I I started laughing and it was incredible. Something completely shifted. And so my panic didn't have anywhere to go instead my panic turned into excitement and so I was whooping and laughing and going what on earth has just happened the the, the panic had nowhere to go it just stopped it stopped it in its track in its track um so then I was like whoa that that's almost like magical like that's never happened before I've always had to pull over you know you have quite short shallow breaths when you're when you're panicking you know hyperventilating so I was always kind of using the breath work as, as a way of getting out of the panic. I'd always have to pull over, but no, I just, I just went on my merry way. And I was just laughing and, you know, like enjoying it. And so I went away and what exactly is this? And there's two things. So when we're laughing, we're taking really deep inhalations 
and then as we laugh we exhale our laugh out and so and then we're constantly kind of replenishing our lungs and then laughing <laughs> until we can, can no longer breathe and we're, so we so it actually is quite a controlled way of getting oxygen into your body whereas like i said when you're panicking it's short shallow breaths so it's 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 a controlled way of breathing but also like i said panic and excitement they're on the same frequency so when we're excited yeah. and when we're feeling nervous or panicked we my heart starts to beat faster our palms get sweaty you know we 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 get that kind of kick of adrenaline and there's some research that show that if when we're feeling panicked or anxious we tell our bodies that we're feeling excited so if we whoop or we laugh then our body interprets that adrenaline as excitement oh actually we're not panicked at all we're excited and so that's what happened in that moment so when i started laughing i was telling my body i'm having a great time i'm excited about this and and that's why the kind of the roller coasters you know it's it's frightening but we can we can whoop and we can laugh and it's and it's telling our body that it may be frightening but we're safe yeah this is this is really kind of the root of what has led me to this work because i'm like laughter and playfulness can be so powerful you know as a as a strategy and it's not going to work for every situation but if we can have it in our toolbox you know we can pull it out when we when when we see fit so yeah so that's that's where i've kind of come from and and yeah it's very it's been quite an organic journey and quite a personal journey really but yeah you said like it's not every situation i was literally managing that you're in that you're in a restaurant something's gone wrong and you just burst out into laughter it's like that's a bit up. So yeah there are times and places to use this Definitely, um, obviously yeah. but i've got to ask because Laughter yoga is, is, I've never been, I've never done yoga yet. It's on my to-do list, Pilates and yoga, because I get bad back and it's movement and stuff. So I'm gonna, it is on my to-do list. But you see, oh, my own experience of laughter yoga is watching it on TV. Yeah. And they go, just laugh. And I'm literally sort of going, in that moment, the idea of laughter makes me anxious i'm literally i'm trying to picture myself in there so when you're in there and you're told to laugh do you just literally go ha ha yes. almost like not really fully laughing you're just making the noises or are you thinking of a sibling falling over or are you thinking of something funny that's happened and you're trying to use that to when they say just laugh yeah what's going through your head it's it's a it's a pure physical task of laughing so you're just at purely activating a laugh so you don't need the comedy you don't need the stimulus almost or something so literally trying to make that physical happen ha, 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 just ha, making ha, the yeah. ha 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 and then i suppose increasing yeah the intensity kind of your body goes it releases the same endorphins Dolphin, whatever yeah, it is yeah. it releases those because you're physically doing it even though your minds might be going what is this and then naturally when you're laughing with people when they're when they're fake laughing uh, or even laughing naturally you want to join in with them so whether yeah whether it's real or fake your your brain naturally wants to join in and it is very it's it's very interesting because we are social creatures we want to feel included in a group we want to be liked and understood and heard and so the laughter is a way of showing that without using language. It's showing that I'm I'm a part of this and I really like you and I really I really would like you to like me. And so that's why laughter yoga works because it's it's playing on this social interaction and our our need to be in a community and to feel a part of a community of people and to be liked and understood because you know, we look at our ancestors, if we weren't liked and understood, we're then pushed out of our tribe and we're having to survive on our own and find our own food and shelter and protect ourselves. And we're less likely to survive in that, you know, when we're on our own. But it's interesting because I also find laughter yoga quite awkward, even though I still teach it 
And in some ways, I, I really love it because it does create the tension. Like you said, it, it makes you feel anxious, the thought. But is is it a case of there's like an anxious barrier? You're laughing going, why am I the what only one laughing? Is yeah. What is it? And someone else laughing. And you kind of look at it. And like, it's like when someone yawns. Yeah. It goes around the room, doesn't it? Yeah, it's contagious. Is it? It is contagious. It is that thing of you just hear someone laugh and either you're you're laughing because you're relieved that you're not the only one laughing. It's probably a load of stuff goes around your head, yeah. which just helps you relax, that you're not the only one laughing now. Yeah. Someone else is. What's interesting is that you see comedians, they build tension. So they say something to build tension, and then the la- the laughter is the release. And so what's so fascinating in my workshops, if I'm purely doing a laughter workshop, is you almost want that tension. You want those people to be feeling awkward and a little bit odd and a little because the release is is gonna be bigger. Um and it will happen. It like it it's inevitable, you know, if you're there with willingness and you're you're willing to give it a go, then it will happen. You know, you will you will you will eventually be laughing naturally. But what's interesting is I've I've sort of travelled from laughter yoga and and then realized that actually because um even though the tension works and it's brilliant, there's a resistance there of like this, you know, I can't just laugh off my worries or like I can't um you know that laughter could be misunderstood or misinterpreted as um, someone te- being teased and all all of these kinds of things. So I've now, um, I now work in a very kind of building up to natural laughter and including playfulness and improvisation and, you know, creative expression in order to reach moments of laughter, but without, you know, without having to force it necessarily even though yep. you know when I was driving in my car and the, and I was having a panic attack I forced a laugh and it worked so so the tool like that technique does work but it's also kind of realizing that there's other other techniques around it that are kind of going to get to the same place without having to force the laugh if you get like me I'm just getting yes. circles <laughs> That's the thing. It is the idea of going, oh, I can't wait for 2 p.m. It's laughter yoga. I get to laugh at 2 p.m. It's kind of scheduling something. Mm. It's kind of a bit, whereas I think laughter is, I think the best laughter is when it comes out of nowhere and it is kind of spontaneous um, and things like that. There is, um, I use, um, do, you, have you, do you use Reddit? I don't know, but I do know about it. So Reddit is like uh, the greatest hits of social media. Every other social media posts end up on Reddit, but it's all organized into what's called Reddits. And um, so I generally go through the popular, but there's one called uh, Bon Apple Tea, which is like basically it's people who say things completely wrong. So Bon Apple Tea is Bon Appetite. Yeah. But somebody obviously completely misheard it and wrote, oh, Bon Apple Tea. Um, and it's all the complete misunderstanding. I mean, you literally really go, what have you just written? And you kind of have to say it phonetically and go, so there's lots of that. But there is one, a Reddit called Contagious Laughter. And there's lots of those kids laughing, you know, like a baby just laughs. Yeah. And it just laughs. And you you do get sucked in. I'm literally, I'm sitting at home, a baby's laughing. I've got no idea why that baby's laughing, but it's kind of making me want to laugh. Yeah. And then there was one which I watched, which was somebody who was obviously retelling a story. But it was so funny for him that he's retelling a story, but you can't really hear it because he's laughing so hard that I'm laughing. And I showed it to my wife and he's like, what has happened? I went, I don't really know. It was something about science and the science teacher and a girl. (laughs) But I'm finding this so funny, even I don't really know what's going on. Yes. Because you just couldn't stop laughing. And I was just seeing how much he enjoyed it. He wasn't, this was like years ago. Yeah. And he was remembering it. Yeah. And it made him. And yeah, and it is those emotions. It's just phenomenal. But yeah, the idea of forcing is a bit, it's like scheduling something. I was like, it's a bit. But I do recommend that um, people try it. So try just kind of standing in the kitchen. And just going ha 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 and like activating it because I can already feel 
that there's a natural laugh that wants to come. As soon as I started to activate it, which is it's mad, but it's something you know that I've I have been been practicing. Um, so I I recommend trying it because it's it's a bit it's very strange, but it is kind of tapping into something that's inbuilt and natural, like you you know, like like it's something that's innate in us that you know we can access. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, I like that whole thing of panic attacks and laughter because my 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 daughter has anxiety and she's a bit of a germaphobe and we did something and I'm looking at her and I'm literally I'm trying to understand why she is finding something difficult because it for me it makes no sense she's done it before and she'll just look at me and she smiles she goes I know I'm bonkers this is the most stupidest thing ever but I can't help it. And it is, you can see she's kind of half panicky, but also half laughing. Yeah, that's interesting. So she's so she's in it, but she's also got the perspective outside of it, you know, where she can yeah. see that it's ludicrous. Yeah. I'm going to sit there and everything, like, I work with Alison Knowles, who'll say, whatever you say, you cannot say that what's going on isn't real. Because you can't, because she's obviously in the middle of this thing. She's really anxious about it. I can't say being silly. No. I say, so I can sit there and go, right. And from my point of view, this is completely bonkers. I can, it's obviously something you're dealing with. So I'm here for you. Yes. But you do know this is a bit bonkers. And she'll look at me. She's like, I know, I know. And it was, uh, we went indoor skydiving. Yeah. And it was putting the helmet on that somebody else has worn. Oh, wow. Even though it had been cleaned. Yes. And she's literally just staring at this helmet, going, put it on. Put it on. And it was just fascinating watching this argument, obviously going on in her head. Yeah. But it's that, so, I mean, if you can get her laughing in those moments, then that will help to break the stress response. So it will, you know, get her to the all clear phase. And this is why anxiety is is so tricky because you know if we look at the stress response we we've got the threat so the bear in the woods then we have our reaction we run from it then we make an assessment so we run away we need to get to higher ground okay maybe we climb a tree and then we realize that the bears lost us then we can come out the tree we get to that all clear phase our stress response is deactivated we come ah you know we've got that big sigh and we can go about every day but anxiety, you know, the threat is these germs on 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 the hat or the helmet. Then the re- reaction is, um, you know, her heart starts to beat faster. She she doesn't want to go anymore. She wants to go home, you know. And then the assessment is, well, there's there's germs. She can't she can't make a clear assessment. There's germs. Is there germs? Are there germs on here? I don't know because I know that there might be, but it has been cleaned. But what if it wasn't cleaned thoroughly? So then she goes back to the threat, the germs on the helmet, yes. and so she's she's suspending herself in these in these three parts of the the stress cycle, and she can't get to the all clear phase. And if we if we look back to our ancestors, you know, they find the threat, so they they they're faced with a a tiger or a bear, and they the reaction is to fight it so maybe they kill it and they and and then they they come back to their um so they you know they're no longer under threat they killed the bear they go back to their uh, village and they're going to eat the bear they're going to laugh they're going to dance they're going to connect with each other and that's where my work comes in is in the part of the all clear phase is feeling safe part of feeling safe is feeling connected and laughing and moving and singing and eating and all of those things that make us, you know, feel less stressed. So if you can get her laughing, even if she is still in that anxious cycle, the laughter will help to break it because it's telling her body that she's feeling safe. There's no need to worry about this because I'm safe. It's like that kind of instant, um, yeah, instant kind of all clear it's like oh actually if we're laughing if we're laughing we must be safe you know i just think it's amazing how many times when you're telling a scary story a personal experience that either you or someone else often injects humor into it yes yeah so you have this story and someone will go did you get your lunch 
And it, it, it's amazing how often, yeah, there's a scary thing. Something's happened or um, I almost died. But but you have these things where it's almost like it is amazing how close these two things are. You tell this story and I'm often, I don't know where my brain works, but I'll often, someone will be telling a story and I just, I'm hearing the story. I'm, part of my head's going, wow, my God. Yeah. The other heart's going, is almost watching a cartoon version of it in my head as well. So it's like there's a normal version, which is really quite sincerely thinking about. Yeah. But then there's my comedy part. And my my friend, colleague John, who um, I do so loads of work with, he kind of he wants my humour because <laughs> it's kind of as he's gone through something. If I then take the Mickey out of him, yeah, he knows it's all right. It's a superpower, isn't it? It's a superpower being able to to look at a situation from a different perspective and to to laugh at it or yourself uh, it's 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 a coping strategy it's a way of of moving past the hardship or or yeah bonding over the hardship you know <laughs> like it it's really interesting how how we do that um humor is very important there's lots of things I sit there and I, I reflect back and we often, in, we often inject humor into the darkest moments to break where we are. Yeah. So I remember my mum was um, telling me a story that, um, and again, out of context, it seems kind of a horrible thing, but something had happened in school. Everyone was a bit, it was quite, it was a really intense thing. And they're in the staff room kind of, having a joke about it yeah. because kind of to get out of this really serious mindset and to get back into a bit of normality. But I think there was somebody who recently joined the school and it was their first time experience it. So they were really shook up by this event. Yeah. They were really quite shocked and they went to the staff room expecting everyone to be quite morose and they were laughing about it. And they found that really hard to deal with because yeah. it's really morose. And it's like one of the things is people say, if, if I don't laugh, I'll cry. It's de it's definitely that, you know, people go to funerals and uh, and laugh. It's it's the way, it's the, it's the body's way of releasing tension. So it can it either is. laugh or it can cry. And so, it, it, but the tension needs to be released. So it, it's where you go, you know, so that, that colleague who, you know, was really shook up. She needed to cry out her tension. You know that that experience had created tension in her body, and she needed to cry it out. Whereas, you know, her colleagues needed to laugh it out. But there is something because laughter is social. It's 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 not okay sometimes. It's not okay really to like socially cry at a funeral. Like it's socially unacceptable, really. Because we we see laughter, we associate it with playful, fun, you know, jovial moments of silliness, um, and that's not what a funeral is. And this is why you know the laughter exercises of purely activating a laugh in your body work because because you know the reason why we're jumping to laughter in these moments is because our body needs to release that tension. It needs to release those emotions. And it and it will do that, you know, naturally, um, like when we're crying, um, and and it and it kind of bypasses the social in some ways um, when we're just activating the body in that way. But yeah, it's it's tricky, isn't it? It has all of these social social etiquette, etiquette around it. Yeah, because um, I, I think I think of a funeral. I've been to a. I've been to a few, the best ones I went to was a Jamaican funeral, which is completely different. But generally, I, the rough rule is funeral sad, wake funny, is my experience. Because we are often thinking about the person, we're going to miss them. And whenever I've been to a wake, that's when a lot of the stories that make us smile and remember the person comes out. So just because I'm not saying wakes are funny, but that is often when I'm with people and they're like, do you remember the time he did this? Or I can't believe you remember that. And you literally, you've got all these stories which will help you and they're the ones which make you smile. 
and laugh. And I, I just find that really interesting that generally I leave a funeral really sad because they're gone. I've, when I've left the wake, I've left full of all these memories of them, which makes me happy, even though they're not now with me. But it's those memories that by retelling the stories, they live on and that lot. And it is, I think it is important to remember, to have the, I think, rose-tinted memories where basically you remember all the things that make you laugh. There will always be some other times which will hit you, but generally, um, yeah, it is. It makes you just, it's a nice feeling when you laugh, when you're thinking of someone and they make you laugh. And there's lots of my father-in-law, there's lots of memories I have of him which make me laugh in many different ways in different situations, which I draw upon. Um, and it's nice. And there are, I can literally, I think of other memories which make me a bit sad and down. But they are kind of, they're not, those memories are not the memories of him. They're the memories of how his life went as he got older. Mm. So they're the situations that I'm sad about, that he's got older or this has happened or that's happened. Whereas actually the bits that I'm remembering are his personality. When I'm laughing, I'm remembering his personality and the way he made either me feel, my wife feel, or the kids feel, either consciously or subconsciously. It, that's a bit, often the sad ones are not, not decisions he's made. Yeah. The things that have happened to him mm. that I'm sad about. But it's, yeah, it's important to remember the happy bits, the way he is making you happy or laugh, either through um, various reasons. But, yeah, they're the, they're the best memories, and they're the ones that, well, yeah, when you miss someone. I'm going to have a complete segue here. Let's get back to school well, and education. Well, I, I mean, I do, I do, I, I think it's interesting because when we laugh together, we feel connected. And when we cry together, we feel connected. And so it's, yeah, it's a human, human thing. Human thing. Um, yeah. Yes, right. And enough of my therapy session. Uh, um, so laughing and using this technique in schools does sound a bit daunting. Yeah. So I go down the play route, really, um, with with a lot of these things and mindfulness and creativity. And you know, if you can if you can get people if you can get children to the peak of laughter, um, then very often you want to bring them back back down, don't you? You want to <laughs> you want to have something that will bring them back down. But what's interesting is um, when you're when you teach when I've gone in and taught these. Um, sessions the teachers have always been quite amazed as to how I've managed to get them up to a peak um, point and then bring them back down again because that's the fear isn't it when you're teaching a group of yes. children that they're going to lose control but what is really nice about this is it's once you can bring them down to their breath and get them rooted and grounded into their body then they're exercising this ability to emotionally reg regulate but they're also they're exercising it in a playful way so that, you know, you're bringing them up to this peak uh, state of joy or, um, you know, silliness, and then you're bringing them down to um, a more relaxed state. And so you're teaching them how to move between these states so that when they are in a peak heightened state like anger, they know that they can reach this, you know, reach the state of calm. So... It, so I, I I I really recommend that people who are you know teachers or parents or people that are working with children to not be afraid to go to those peak moments of joy because they can actually work to your benefit you know because if a child can learn to come out of their peak state and into a calm state then they've learned how to move between states and that's what you want them to be doing when you're asking them to emotionally regulate when you're asking them to calm down or asking them to breathe so they they get some practice in their playfulness yeah yeah because you often you coming in at after playtime they're all at different levels and you kind of want them to come back down to this level to ready to concentrate but you're kind of not teaching them how to do it you're just kind of saying why is it so yeah it makes sense to actually take them up get them up to here and then bring them down and teach them how that feels and how to do that yeah and also you're giving teachers strategies on how to do that 
which will often help after um, they're coming in after PE or coming in after um, something's happened in the playground or, and you want to get them right. We've now got to do this and it's got to be concentrating. It will really help in those situations. I think very often when we ask a child to calm down, we're expecting them to know what calm feels like in their body. And if they haven't had any practice to get there, then we're asking them something that they they don't know they don't know how to do it and it's, no. it's a completely yeah it's a difficult place to go if you haven't learned how to do it so if you teach them through their playful playful kind of you know out in the playground if they get to that peak state and then you bring them down again or then yeah they have this they have the route they know how to do it um but also making the the calm state fun too so something that they want to engage with um, and they want to practice um you know syncing your movement up with your breath is a lovely one um i do a a a lovely one which i call pressure flow um which is really nice and it's good for anxious children as well because you're creating tension and then you're releasing um but there's there's moments where you've got both your palms I'm just doing it now, but no one can see palms in front of your chest and you're pushing your palms together and then you swivel your hands and you interlink your fingers and you pull your hands away from each other. And when we sync this up with our breath, we can we can start to calm down, but we're giving an opportunity to release some of that excitement or some of that anxiety through the pressure that we're creating. Um, so, yeah, always finding roots in that that feel kind of, yeah, that are simple and easy for the children to uh, use, but also easy for the, the teachers to use. And, and also exercises that the children want to repeat. So games um, that they, they want to repeat that will naturally get them to this calm place. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's so, much, there's so many things. <laughs> to say but so is this is this isn't this is going to help anxious children because you're going to help them have strategies to support them aren't you yeah so it's it's all about coming to the all clear phase it's all about breaking the cycle so right at the beginning of this podcast you were talking about your distraction and now yeah i talk about healthy distraction you know distraction is very useful because when we're wrapped up in anxiety we're wrapped up in our train of thoughts you know the images that our brain are creating you know we're in we're in that instead of being in our body being in the moment so if we can distract ourselves we can break that train of thought and come back into the present moment so games that are rhythmic games that include numbers or challenges or creativity something that will bring the child back to this moment rhythmic games even just throwing a ball between you you know, nonverbal, yeah. rhythmic, but breaking that, breaking that train of thought. Um, I have a lovely number game where uh, it's a pair, it's a game that you pe- play in with two people and you count to three. And it sounds very simple, but it's actually quite hard because so person number one would say one, person number two would say two person number one would say three and then person number two would say one. And so it's, it's, it, it's, I mean, we could play it now, Dale, if you want. I did this. I did football coaching. Oh, and it. we kind of did this to, I think it has to be an odd number. So yeah. you switch. It has to be yeah. an odd number. I think we did it to seven. But what you did is you, you did it, and then you go, right, everyone's got this. Yeah, 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 cool. So whenever you say two, you have to tap your head. Yes. And then you do that. Right, whenever you say five, you've got to turn around. Yeah. Whenever you say four, you've got to touch your toes. So not only are you going to go, you're going to go, oh, so I'll go one, then you go two, and then you switch out. So I'm now the two. So I've got, oh, it's not the same yeah. rhythm. You did the spin last time. I've got to do the spin this time. Yeah. You, I touched the floor this time. You, And it really does take concentrate. Yeah. You can't not do this without concentrating. Exactly. And then you will get it wrong. Yes, and then you laugh. And then you laugh. Yeah, so I've not. I'd, yeah, I've done that game, and it was, and that was um, a load of us adults doing it, and it was really very entertaining. I had a parent who, um, so I, she came to one of my 
courses and learnt this game. And then she started using it in the car on the journey to school because her child was really anxious about going to school and she would always go into a panic attack. And they started playing it in the car and making up their own versions of what they do for two and what they do for three. And um, and it and she said she's she was like it's mad I've had you know two or three journeys now it was like a few days later um, of no panic. And she's and it's and it's so simple, you know. These these techniques don't need to be complicated, but if we if we know them, then we can we can pull them out, give them a go. And it's it's so lovely when I hear from parents, teachers, and they say, oh, you know, I had this anxious child, and you know, we use the scale or we use that game or we use that breathing technique, and it made such a difference. And I can I can see it, you know, I can see it with my own eyes. It's working. But yeah, healthy distraction, breaking that train of thought, um, and coming out of of the spiral, um, and into the present moment. I had I, I hadn't thought of using that game with anxiety. I no. hadn't used thinking that it was a uh, we. It was so basically. I trained to be a football coach. And when you do the training, you're training with all the other adults who are trying to be coaches. And you'll see so you're the class. So you're the kids in that moment mm. and you're being taught. And so basically they used it as a way of at the beginning of the session to get people in the right place. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah? So whatever's <laughs> happened this week, yes, let's get into football yeah. and you're here. And it was really good. And I'd never tweaked all the science behind it type thing. Yeah. And I think, I think we mentioned that before we started recording. Often you might have a couple of things you do yeah. as a teacher or as an adult, as a parent that you do, but you have no idea why until someone comes and explains it, kind of what it does. And you're like, that's really obvious now I think yeah. about it. And that's obvious why it works. Yes. So, yeah. So for me, that has been one of those that actually it's something I've done with kids and it's really worked and they've really enjoyed it. So it's not just a sit. So they start off going, this is a bit silly because I'm just counting to yeah. five. And then they get it wrong. And they're like, I'm not getting that wrong again. Yeah. And then they get it wrong again. And then they're not angry. They generally find it funny because they're not the only one getting it wrong. They're watching their person get it wrong worse than yes. them. Or they did the same mistake they did. Yeah. And generally the laughter comes. And it is. It just brings you straight into the moment. Whatever else the kids had going on. Because we did training on a Friday with the kids, which was always – Horrible. It's the tiredest day of the week with everything that's gone on at the week. And now you're trying to do um, something. We want 12 kids to listen to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Friday night at 7 p.m. Well, you don't want to be there either. It was always a challenge. So, yeah, having things like that was really useful as just a way to bring them into the moment, to have a laugh. And as always, I always find is you finish it and it was all like, yeah they're there they're they're back they're back in the moment and it, yeah. and it is it is a way of kind of coming back into the body but yeah it's, it's mindfulness isn't it essentially okay so yeah i can imagine yeah doing that with 30 children would be lots of fun because you kind of it's it's controlled because yeah. there is you're doing a specific game you're not just sort of trying to go right everyone laugh and be silly I think would be carnage, but you are literally giving them a situation which they've got to try and follow, which is controlled, but will generally lead to laughter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. I mean, this game is also coming back into the body. So a lot of what I teach is about movement. You know, even just getting the class to stand up and shake their whole bodies. That that is also another way of releasing some of that anxiety, releasing that tension in the body and coming yeah back into the present moment you know back into the here and now um the the tense and release activities are, are all brilliant as well you know tense your face tense your jaw and then release as you exhale tense your shoulders tense your fists your arms and release and now try and tense every single muscle in your body you know, as you breathe in, tense them all, your face, your jaw, and it, and you end up doing this. I mean, I've just done it, and that's why you're laughing. You end up making a very silly face. Um, and so there's, there's playful elements in this that, yes, they're tools for calm, bringing children back to the present moment and calming down, but they're, they're also quite playful and can be quite silly and 
encourage some laughter and connection with peers. Yeah. And I think, I definitely think that counting game isn't just like a thing for five-year-olds. No, no. So I was, I was doing it with 11-year-olds and I've also done it as an adult. Yes. It is a, a quite an any age sort of it game. Really it's sort of thing. You can play in the car. You can play with all the aunts and uncles. It's even funnier after drink, I reckon. Um, but it's, it's such a simple game. What do you need? At least two people. Yes. That's all you need. Yeah. And if there's a group of six people, you do it three games all at the same time. And then there can be others just watching. And it will always just descend into lots of laughter yeah. every time. So it's not something you can go, oh, okay, well, back me at secondary. No, you can do this at secondary as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a challenge, isn't it? I've done it with adults it and is. children. I've done it with like corporate execs, you know? I've done it with everyone. And it is, it yeah, it's the hit. It works the same. It is, because you sit there and go, because your ego, I remember sitting there listening to this person go, so we're going to do this. And you're like, yeah, I can do this. And you get it wrong. And you're like, yeah get it wrong again and you get it wrong again you're like how am i getting this wrong it's counting and spinning and touching my feet yeah. i've got it wrong again okay and then you kind of just your, e my e your ego deflates yes and then you're trying to not get it wrong but you also what and it is is as competitive to, then you kind of yeah i, I went on a full-on journey with that 10 minute game you, where think, I just kind of giving up and just having fun. Do you think the listeners know what we're talking? Do you think we should play, Dale? Oh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so, I'm trying to work out because we, we, we are remote recording. We are, but I uh, just... <laughs> Katie's in Falmouth. I'm in um, Hampshire, Berkshire area. So, and you, my webcam zoomed in, so you can only see <laughs> my head. So, and I don't want to strangle myself by spinning round on my headphone cable. No, we don't cable, have to spin. Do we can make up our own rules. <laughs> okay, so on two, we're going to do count to five. Okay, yeah. And two, tap on the head. Yeah. And you add one in. And on four, we go, woohoo! <laughs> I'm already... So two, tap on the head, four, woohoo. Yeah. Okay, so one... <laughs> that's right isn't it yeah but you still say the number as well oh, i think two. to help people I, okay, my so, rules, I don't so you can you can <laughs> just do the action instead but actually so you can just people go, at home it's not gonna make any sense no. i'm just touching my head guys i'm touching my head yes so let's try again right one two three woohoo five one Two, touch my head. Three, four. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, you add the numbers. I just, I just say the woohoo. Just for the listeners, <laughs> but basically, when you're, when we've done it at the football, you did just say the number. Uh, yeah. So it would be like one, action. Yes. Action. Yes. Three, four, action. Yeah. Action. Seven. Back to be. It was literally just like that. And I, with, with this game, I always, I always suggest a handover. Um, some of the you know hand over the the actions to the children so what would yes. you like to do on number four you know what would you what do you think we could do on number five and so you, if you're in a pair you could you could decide together or you can decide as a group you know but giving them a bit of ownership of their game and then it feels like theirs as well um but it's a lovely one you're just doing it even just as a podcast and people are going oh. <laughs> But Try if you've not played this game, go home, find your husband, find your wife, find your child, yeah, anyone, and just play it, yeah? Literally, I guarantee you might get stuck there for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it literally it is, you literally, you just, you obviously couldn't see us, but we were laughing a lot then just by playing it and doing it physically in the person, in the moment. And I, I, you, you find yourself going, right, so two is this. And especially if you do, like, two is um, spin round and three is touch the floor. Yeah. What you end up doing is you spin round and you touch the floor. You go, why am I touching yeah. the floor? It's your job. <laughs> and yeah. then, yeah, Sorry. so, yeah, but it is very it's silly. It's just a great way to connect as well and come back to the body. It's got so many aspects of it 
and you know you could even make one of the numbers a deep breath you know if you wanted yeah. the child to calm down so on number two we're going to take a deep breath <sighs> so you can slow the game down so it doesn't need to always be so quick paced you know you can make the rules up for whatever you need um yeah 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 all you need is just two people, two people. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I don't necessarily recommend if it's just two of you in the car necessarily doing it as a driver. You um, can make sounds. I always say just make sounds. Yeah. yeah. You don't need to be action. But, but, yeah, if it's three of you in the car, two of them <laughs> definitely play. But you will, as a driver, probably end up laughing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're driving, if you're, if you're stuck in traffic, then you can play it. <laughs> yes. Yes. While you're stationary, you can yeah. play it. Yeah. Perfect. But it, but it is... It is and anxiety is always an interesting word because I think I, I was talking to Alison said, I don't suffer from anxiety because I do this, this, this. She went, so you do suffer from anxiety, but you've got lots of coping strategies. I went, yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought about that because I don't, my wife worries, my kids worry, and I'm, I'm Mr. Horizontal. I'm laid back. I literally, whatever happens, happens. But generally in the back of my mind, I've got plan A to E in my head. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. So I already expect A to fail. Yes. Because not because of me, might be because of me, might be because something else, might be because I need something and that shop's closed. Or I always have a number of plans in my head. This is a great so tool that, as well. As so, you're talking about this, it's just come to mind where, you know, the best outcome and the worst case outcome, you can use your hand as a reference point. So if a child, it works well with older children, you know, when they can talk about their fears, but um, you can think of the best case scenario. You can think of the worst case scenario. So as I'm doing this, I'm holding onto my thumb. So I've got my thumb stuck up. And then I've, I'm, um, the worst case scenario is the little finger. And then you've got three scenarios in the middle. So if you can see that the child is anxious, you can just literally pull out your hand and point to your thumb and say, what's the best case scenario in this situation? You know, it's a school trip. What is the best case scenario? what's the worst case scenario and then make some variations up in between and if you want to bring laughter and joy into this um as well the best case scenario could be that you know if it's a school trip you you get there you meet celebrities you end up going on a red carpet event you you travel down a slide you just make it really exciting whatever they love and because the interesting thing about anxiety is we fixate on one eventuality and it's usually the worst yeah. case scenario um but often you know it's the it's the middle three fingers where our experience will land but if you create this fantasy um you know scenario yeah then when the child thinks of the worst case scenario they'll also be reminded of the ridiculous scenario and that will break you know break that thought altogether or not altogether but you know it will remind them of the of the best case it's, it's interesting that best case worst case because my daughter worries about things and we were going to get a friday night takeaway but she we were going for an indian but she doesn't like indian so she was going to get um i can't remember it might be chicken and chips from the shop next door so i was like right i'll go in here you just go in there and get that and she just looked at me went pale and went just go get it it's like i can't and i was like you're literally going to walk in there, say pickles, and they'll give you the food and you'll yeah, walk out. Yeah. I can't do it. I was like, okay, I'll do it with you. And um, I was like, right, what was the biggest fear? What is the thing you think is going to happen? She was like, I was going to fall over. And I was like, yeah. I hadn't even, that hadn't even entered my mind. I was literally going, they wouldn't hear me and I had to repeat myself. And then I shouted or something or something like that, the communication. But no, she was literally worried about stepping into this shop, tripping over and going splat on the floor. Yeah. yeah. That was her worry. It was, and I was like, wow. So what I thought was a worst case scenario, you were miles below. It gives, oh, and it gives you a bit of insight, doesn't you? If you actually inquire into it, because we, we might feel a bit resistant to do that because we might, it might, mean that the anxiety gets worse but actually if you go what exactly is your thought like what is your brain telling you right now it's telling you that you might fall over oh okay that's your worst case so that's what we're working with instead of you, you, you know it gives them you an insight yeah. into where they're at um and often 
they might not be able to explain why. It's just a feeling. But she also worries about social things. She's done that thing. We've all done it. You know, when you say, uh, you say, I would say, have a nice day. And you would reply, you too. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah so you, oh, have a nice day. You too. Yeah, you too. Yeah, you say, you always, you're wishing me a nice half thing, so I'll wish it back to you. And then you're at an airport getting on a plane. You go, have a nice flight. And you go, you too. <laughs> you're not leaving the airport, are you? Dear God, what have I just said? <laughs> or when someone goes, enjoy your meal, you too. <laughs> You're not eating But that's embarrassment, isn't it? It's the fear of embarrassment. But she did that. Yeah. And I was like, so what happened? She went, she just smiled and walked off. I went, I've done that so many times. But that was obviously one of my daughter's fears of saying something wrong. And then how the other person would react. Yeah. So actually she went through this moment and went, I didn't die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we laughed about it. And then I told her, that I've done it at the airport, I've done it in so many ways that part of me is just trying to be polite to people and I obviously just respond without thinking sometimes. It's when it's someone's birthday and you do it and you're like, oh, and you too, oh, like they say, oh, happy birthday and you're like, I have, oh, it's not your, like, thanks, yeah. yeah, you end up wishing them happy birthday when it's it's your birthday. <laughs> oh yeah, I do get anxious about what to say in certain situations. I literally, I, that's the only thing I do sit there going. What do I say? But that's fear of rejection what? again, isn't it? It's your, it's that, it's the fear of being pushed out of your tribe and not understood. And, yes, and being eaten by the tigers. You know, it's um, it's very. And nice. also, sometimes you you want to say something nice, but often the situation. Especially again, going back to the joy of funerals and deaths and things like that, is how do you say something nice without it sounding horrible? Hope it goes well. Funeral? <laughs> no, um, but it's kind of what you mean. You kind of want it to go smoothly, and yeah. and it's just things like that. You're going. I don't want to. Say, I, I I want to avoid uh, uh, oh, my condolences. Because it's just such a. I want to say something. I just uh, no no no. And this no. is my This is the annoying thing about being a human, isn't it? That there isn't the language sometimes to explain how you're feeling. You can't you can't explain it. No, I don't. Is it is it? There are face to face things. You'll say it because they'll see the body language. They'll see how you're saying it. They'll get all that extra communication mm. when you're saying those words. What you really mean. But when you write it on a card or send it in a text message. I don't get any of that so it's yeah, it's really yeah. cool yeah <laughs> but yeah oh i loved it love i, I gotta say i've really enjoyed this podcast uh not only because i've got to play a game <laughs> reluctantly <laughs> that's the thing i can think but i can think back to podcasts and dr susie nyman who is so much fun to podcast with comes to the top of the list in uh bonkers during the podcast um, but I've also uh, co-wrote a song with Al Start during a podcast. Now I've played games. I've done, I've done mindfulness with um, Trisha Waters. We got the chime out and we sat there and listened to the sound of it. We've done that. So, yeah, I have lots of different experiences doing these podcasts and they are quite entertaining, the uh, different things I get up to. So thank you for today. That's okay. And, yes, for those, go play that game that uh, <laughs> Katie has suggested that we played. Also, um, go. I think it's, if you just go onto YouTube and search for tennis streaker fail, <laughs> you will find that video I mentioned at the beginning. And it is just very funny. <laughs> there's also um, there's a video which is also, uh, I think it's at a tennis court, and there's a glass wall alongside. There's some, that's tiered seating, like in a stadium. Then there's a glass wall between them and the courts. And this girl walks along. And obviously walks into this glass and headbutts it and for, steps back and you're like, oh. And she walks around a divider to go through the door and does it again because <laughs> the door's not there. Then she goes, okay, the door's definitely next door. Then she does it a third time. And then she finally, on the fourth one, finds the door and walks through. Sounds brilliant. And we've all, okay, I've not done the naked streaking, <laughs> but we've all kind of walked up to a door 
and pushed yeah. instead of pulled or pulled instead of pushed. So relatable, isn't or it? headbutted a, a sliding door you thought was open. It was, we've done so many things. I think that's what they, a lot of these Schadenfreude is. I think back to times I've fallen over or my friend has or some. And it often takes me back to my memories and my feelings in those situations. Yeah. Um, but I think when they helped me escape. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so thank you for coming on the show today, Katie. That's okay. And you've given me a couple of links. So one is to your uh, website, The Best Medicine, which could possibly be laughter, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, um, and um, various things. So I'll share those in the uh, show notes um, and also her contact details. You can go to a website, et cetera. And you'll find the show notes wherever you listen to the podcast or on our website. So thank you for listening to the show. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. Find links to subscribe across all the different podcast platforms we are on, on our website, which is www.thesendcast.com. And please follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at The Sendcast. And on Facebook and Instagram, we are The Sendcast. And if you listen to us through iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and let others know what you think. And before we go, I'd just like to remind you to check out the Training for Education website. You'll find a number of the guests on The Sendcast, our speakers at our virtual send conferences, or they have recorded their own training courses. Training for Education is a great way to get CPD for all staff around SEND that is effective and affordable. Visit www.trainingforeducation.com for more information. And as an exclusive gift, as ever, to our Sendcast listeners, you can get 10% discount on the virtual Send conferences, future or past, by using the code SENDCAST10. So thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Sendcast. It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. <laughs> I'm a very, very happy Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.